Hello, Ryan. Thank you very much for being our second interviewee on this. Could we just start by maybe telling us who you are and what you do? Yeah, of course. So my name is Ryan Compton. I'm the director of Centre for Resolution, which is a company that provides conflict resolution services. So in the form of coaching, um, mediation and working alongside organisations to resolve disputes before they become big problems or if they already are big problems, resolving them and and trying to enable that working relationship going forward. Um, Then we have general kind of coaching services, and we where we enable individuals and work alongside them to reach their next um, professional goals or their personal goals. And then we also have disability awareness training. So they're the main vocal points of, of, of the organization in a nutshell. Okay, brilliant. Do you have a specific target audience? Um I mean I think I think the company's split up into different sectors really. So there is definitely a a market there and an audience for people with disabilities both in the workplace and for managers as well customer facing organizations and um, that's that's one part of the business and then the other part of the business it's really that kind of facilitative process working alongside individuals and organizations to help them reach their their personal and professional goals so in, in depending on the, the months and the times sometimes it's 50 50 between disability and not and other times it's just a real mixed bag um I mean, we also have offered and, and, and do um, family mediation services more on a personal side. So it's it's quite confusing the way because you've got you've got services that are there for individuals and families, and then you've got services that are there for the workplace and professionals and organisations. So there is there is quite a quite an option there. But if you just break it down into training, mediation, and coaching, and we tend to do most things in all of those areas. Okay, that sounds brilliant. And how long have you been um, running? Yeah, so we're coming up to our second year for Centre for Resolution. I mentored and coached for many years before that prior. Um, And then because I was getting involved in a lot of disputes in the workplace and people would often come to me, I decided to add mediation as a skill set there. Um, Also, having a disability myself, I would also get involved in issues surrounding disability and people would always lean on my expertise and knowledge and, you know, various knowledge I've kind of built up over the years and conferences and things I've read and courses I've been on. So it just made sense to offer things in Centre for Resolution that could really, I could really apply those those knowledges and those skill sets and those, those, those professional skills I've built up to all of those areas. So that's why I selected all of those in, in, under one roof, so to speak, and that's why I call it the Centre for Resolution. Yeah, brilliant. Excellent. Thank you. So do you mind telling us a little bit about your disability and what your disability actually means to you? You said you kind of use that um, that experience to drive what you're doing in Centre of Resolution. Right. So if you could just elaborate on that. Yeah, so age six, um, I was diagnosed with an eye condition called glaucoma, um, which basically has rendered, uh, rendered me for many years as registered plasticide. And then when I became the age of about 21, I was registered blind, which in theory, most people just think you see darkness, but it just means that your vision is uh, no longer useful. So I can still see shapes and, and light and dark perception and hand movements if, if someone's close enough to me. And the journey has been interesting because there was a period of my life where being past sighted, the label it wasn't very obvious to people that I had a vision impairment and since becoming 21 years of age and embracing a cane people have been able to see me having a disability now the inspiration and, and driver that's given me is because 
I feel that a lot of people who are uh, successful in, in one way or another as a person with a disability were very good problem solvers. Um, and because of the nature of the the, the occupations and, and ways in which I've worked with organisations prior within mentoring and coaching, they're also problem problem solving techniques often used as well. So that's why I have used that as a basis to form set of resolution because being a problem solver, being facilitative, wanting to empower is really what all of our services are about. So whether you're an individual, an organization or, or someone in a professional capacity, it, we, we can support you in some type of way. Um, but like you said, in regards to disability, continuing on from it being an interesting journey, just that whole acceptance of, of having a disability and having a label, that's also another hurdle for a lot of people with disabilities, I'm sure you you know. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I think I think it's quite hard that people expect sometimes that because you're disabled that you have every answer to every right. question. I mean, Something that you feel so come across quite often. People um, think that because you're disabled, that you should know every answer to any question about disability under the sun. Yeah, definitely. That very much resonates with me. I mean, um, I do feel people with disabilities are responsible in regards as to being open to be asked questions about disability. And I think all people with disabilities are experts on how they feel about disability, but I don't necessarily feel that they're experts in how to address those issues, problems, barriers, hurdles, whatever you want to call them. I think, you know, just because you have a disability doesn't make you an expert in in training or giving advice. I think there's much more to it, I think, to be, you know, of that level. Um, I think you have to have gone to a, a number of kind of training events yourself, um, read a lot of blogs and articles and books. There's a lot more that goes into being a professional, giving advice in that capacity. So I do feel sometimes that people with disabilities get a rough ride because they're expected to to problem solve and know the answers to all of the queries. And especially in employment, you see, I mean, you've seen it where employers will say, well, you know, you're a person with a disability, what should we do for you? And sometimes the person with a disability is kind of like, well, I wouldn't know because this is new to me too. Yeah, and it's quite dangerous in a way, isn't it? Because, I mean, for example, if I always liken it to, if you meet Essie, you've met Essie with a disability. You haven't met person B with a disability. And I think that can be quite dangerous because if somebody assumes that because it works for me, it's going to work for everybody else, it stops somebody from having the support they need. A hundred percent correct. I am I'm with you. I'm with you a hundred percent there. I mean, for me, you know, someone else could have my exact eye condition. They could have been born on the same day and at the same time as me, how it affects them emotionally and how they, how, how they get around with their, with their condition is totally different to me and how they would feel on any given day. It's very, very diff- different. And, and, um, for each person, each individual. And like you said, the word dangerous is, is very accurate because, a sweeping statement and a generalization and a one-size-fits-all approach sometimes doesn't work. I think there are some basic fundamentals that you can apply to disability in terms of empowerment and in terms of treating people with respect and dignity and some really kind of common sense approaches or maybe common sense to you and I, but that that, that, that we work alongside organizations to develop. But I, I just think it's so dangerous, like you said, to to have this kind of sweeping statement of, of, of all people with one particular condition are the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think when people think of disability, they have a very clear image in their head about what disability is. And I think that also leads people down quite a dangerous route 
and those perceptions and stereotypes are put on so many other people um, and that's just not fair really and, and not giving them the opportunities that people deserve and people try so hard to um, to be able to get for themselves. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so can we, I've just got another question for you here. What do you think the hardest thing for you regarding your disability is? Um, for me, I, I suppose where I get frustrated with my disability is, as you know, I mean, um, when especially in my working life, it's it's frustrating sometimes when you have to do certain activities or certain certain things during the day you have to do at a slow pace due to your disability and then if you're if you're working through the day your working day I mean I know I know you work for yourself easy but it, sometimes when you don't have that support around you 24 hours a day you are sometimes bound by other people's timetables as to when they're available to support you with certain things so that's the frustration that happens with disability um you know my colleagues might finish that you know, five o'clock in the evening and I might want to put a couple of hours in at seven and equally, you know, they might want to come around at nine o'clock in the morning to support you um, or that, that might be the scheduled time. But actually on that day, I might want to work at a different time. So it, being disabled sometimes leads to living a very structured and a very kind of routine life. And I'm I'm not very like that. I don't mind it within work, but in social life, you know, if you've got a book support to maybe get on a train or to access services, you've got to be very organized with it and you know I might have to bring certain types of medication is it too warm outside can I bring that with me so you've really got to plan ahead and sometimes that can really kind of kill the the you know the the, the ability to be spontaneous <laughs> yeah I mean I suppose in another way but no I completely agree with you and in another side that probably makes you so good at running your business as well because you do have that structured regimented approach that's been drilled into you as a disabled person. Yeah, I think there are. I think there are definitely positives too. I think that you know, no, no matter what happens, if I say I'm going to be somewhere at nine o'clock, I always will be. I, I, I'm very much like that. I do feel on the whole that yeah. people with disabilities, when they get into employment, I definitely feel that they work. I, I think they work harder than their peers because they know that if ever there's going to be a time that they have to have off, they make up for that. Um, and they're appreciative of having a job because they've usually worked 10 times harder to get the job in the first place. Um, so there are yeah. definite positives um, in, in that sense because it, I think it builds character. Um, but then I don't think everybody is the same. So I think there are certain people who, who react well to a challenge. And I think there are some people who are just not, that they're not necessarily the type of person that actually I'm going to do 10 times better than my peers and why should they and I think when we're talking about what issues I face often it's society's perception of what a disability is and I don't necessarily always think it's society's fault but I think education is the key. No I completely agree there's so many things in there that I really want to unpack first of all the you know that you touched upon um, the fact that a disabled employee would work harder or might actually work harder because of the extra things that they have to face in their personal life to get to their job in the first place. I mean, I always say this to clients myself when I'm working with businesses and training. Actually, if you value your disabled, um, your disabled employees, they are more likely to be very productive for you and work really hard because they fought so hard to be where they are in the first yes. place. And for me, for example, if I'm bringing along a personal assistant, I know that I'm paying for that personal assistant, so I damn well want to get the, the best value for money. So I'm going to work really hard to make sure I don't waste my time and my money on right, that. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm with you. 
you know, every employee, they have to, they have to prepare for an interview and they have to prepare their transport and everything to get to where they're going. But I think that extra push for a disabled person is like, well, I'm here. I'm going to work really hard to make sure that I stay where I am and that I, I prove and progress my way up the company. So I think that's a really good point there. And again, kind of moving on to that, the bit where you talk about kind of education and society, how society, how, excuse me, how society feels about disability. I think that's so true as well. I mean, nobody, nobody's opinion will ever change if they, they don't have anybody to learn from. And I always say, you know, no question is a silly question until you know the answer. Yeah. And I'm just surprised. I mean, picking up on that point as well, when it comes to education, I mean, if you look at the school system, you've got every type of education. You've got religious education, sex education, you know, there is the, the course of a math, science and English and IT now, but there's nothing really on disability that's that's thorough. And when you look at, um, you know, children, they sometimes point out things that are different, but they're actually good at, at normalising things. So I've been in both mainstream and specialist schools, and having a disability was never an issue to young people. It's an issue when it becomes older. So it's a good time, I would have thought, to have capitalised on normalising disability and having that as part of society because it's actually very... It's poor, I think. I just think it's poor in 2017 to be at the point where people feel really uncomfortable with disability when we're when we're so comfortable with so many other aspects of equality. Yep, yep. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. So going off from that point, I'm just going to ask you a little bit about advice that you would give to others. So if you had any advice to give to managers, perhaps from something that you've already said or something else, um, on how to support disabled people in the workplace, what would your advice be? Today? I think think outside the box. When you when you look at the states and you look at places like Canada and Australia, they're very big on alternative ways to support people. So often with disability, they feel okay. We can give a person with a disability. We can give them some equipment, and that's fantastic. But someone may want counselling if they're depressed. That's absolutely fine. They may want coaching. They may want support. They may want an expert, and Managers can't be experts in everything. You know, if you've got a HR manager and they're a generalist in HR or they're a generalist in, in employment, or even if they are a specialist, you can't be a specialist in everything. Disability is a specialist area. So I would reach out to a consultant. I would reach out to someone who has those credentials, who can think outside the box and can problem solve. And using other things, um, I mean, I once had a client who was uh, vision impaired and one of the best things that they did was just reaching out to a company that specialised in vision impairment. Now, that wasn't that's not an advert for myself because I wasn't the person that could support them with that. But they had real they, – they would have said these are common sense things you could do, but the employer, that was a whole new world to them. So I think reaching out, finding out, but also working alongside individuals and asking them what, what we can do to support you – and if they don't know the answer, and that's absolutely fine, but checking on how they feel and, and making sure that the workplace is such a warm place that your employees with disabilities can actually come to you and say, I'm unsure about this or I'm concerned, rather than that culture of, oh, I'm raising, I'm raising and making a bit of noise here and I'm, I'm going to be penalised for it. So we've got to create a culture where we can talk openly and honestly. Absolutely. So, I mean, what I'm hearing from what you're saying is, that you know, managers should really be looking at their person holistically. Yes. They're not just looking 
at one thing what they see in front of them, but looking at the whole picture about you know how it might affect somebody emotionally, um, physically, um, intellectually, all sorts of ways, and then thinking how they can harness that to help that person through that. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I always say it to employers as well whenever I'm training with them. I always say. You know, when we, when we talk about inclusion, the earlier we talk about it, the better, because if they're talking about facts, figures, statistics, and money, which is often the bottom line sometimes in an organization, if they say a new build property, for example, by putting and implementing these changes at the beginning won't cost any more to implement them within the build. I said, so we can think about that. Okay. I said, and but adding adaptations on later can be slightly more expensive. That's fine. But when you make a, a working environment or any environment inclusive, if you make, um, for example, I don't know, a, a high-end retailer accessible from a physical point of view and we put a lift in there, then if one of your colleagues goes off and, I don't know, perhaps has an injury or someone needs to carry something heavy up on the top floor, that lift is useful for multiple purposes. So inclusion really supports everybody and excludes nobody Um and when we start looking at, you know, the bottom line and figures and we exclude that way, then often it's counterproductive because it will help the whole workforce. I mean, you talk about yeah. Yeah. documents or easy read. Well, might help someone with dyslexia, but would it not help the whole workforce because if it's condensed to the point, saving time for everyone, just multiple benefits. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more about building inclusive workforces that help everybody um, that you know it's more of an investment really than a cost there isn't it right yeah yeah and if you know i mean some companies i mean it's not necessarily there's always this this kind of phrase for unreasonable i mean some 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 companies can't necessarily afford it especially if they're smes and small businesses local businesses i can understand that but there are so many things you can do that don't cost anything or cost very little but there's nothing more inclusive than than a culture in terms of changing a person's attitude to make them feel that they can come to you. I think that's the number one, and that doesn't cost anything. Absolutely. Completely wholeheartedly agree. Um, what advice would you give to employees who have a disability or who are disabled in the workplace? Yeah, so, so tipping it back the other way, there is a little bit of a responsibility to, you know, if your employer doesn't understand your disability, then try and find a way to become comfortable with your disability and how to explain it clearly to them. Because if you can explain what your disability is to them or how it affects you, then maybe you're enabling your employer to have a natural empathy with you if they can see where you're coming from. And if we can do it in a way where we're not trying to attack it, it's like, this is just how it is for me. I'm not saying I dislike you as an employer, but I feel this, this, this and this could help. And just be open to learning new things and asking questions and doing a little bit of research. I mean, yeah, again, I, I really dislike that sometimes the onus comes back onto a person with a disability. I do think it's a shared approach, but the more knowledge we all have, the better equipped we are to come against any any problems we encounter. Okay, but what would you say to employees that, because you and I are quite confident people, and we have been disabled for a number of right. years. Um, used to talk in our businesses talking about stability um so what would you say to somebody who doesn't have that confidence to actually say um i am disabled and this is what it means to me um i think it's an investment in yourself number one to try i know it's easier said than done i mean i, I wasn't always confident with my disability nor that i know loads about it so i just read a lot which was which was quite empowering for me to know to know a little bit more uh, especially around kind of the equality that was that was empowering um but number two 
I, if, if it's an investment for yourself and you want to put your money where your mouth is or you want to reach out to organisations, do the research, there are organisations both in the, in the charitable sector and paid services that are, that are usually quite instant. That's usually the benefit there. Reach out and get that support because in all honesty, if you go to generic services like, um, and I, you know, I don't like to bash people, let's say the job centre, for example, they're only going to have a generalist who doesn't really necessarily know much. So reaching out to an organisation that has expertise, I, I, the investment maybe with, with with someone for one or two hours might be information that you use for the next 20 years. So I think reaching out to someone and, and trying to understand it from their perspective, they may give you some hints and tips that you can just use throughout your life. Okay, I think that's really good advice. And I think what we'll do after this podcast is when we upload it onto the website, We'll also have a few, like four or five links to some of those um, charities that can help save people. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so if, Ryan, if you have any suggestions, perhaps you can um, suggest that they're added on to the, to the links after this podcast as yes, well. Yes, that's fine, yeah. Brilliant, thank you. So we're nearly at the end of our podcast today. Is there anything else you would like people to know about supporting disabled people in the workplace or a disabled person themselves managing with their disability in the workplace? Um, I would just say, I think, I think reiterating the points is just to, to, to find out more, read more. I think society is slowly getting better with this stuff, so I think that's a positive thing to, to look out for. There are more and more groups now, especially on social media, um, and I'm sure like if, you, if you're on ETH's platform, you'll, you'll find out a lot of those. Um, and just just keep in the know, you know, find something that you like in regards to disabilities. I mean, there's a few kind of news articles and things that I try to keep up on just out of interest to see where we're, where we're going as a community with people with disabilities. And if you can try and involve yourselves in some aspect of the community, um, whether it's through your Facebook, whether it's social media, whether it's a, a, a radio or a podcast, Keeping yourself informed, I think, is empowering because I, I never used to know that much. And now I know a lot by just I'm constantly reading, constantly refreshing my knowledge, and I'm talking to people in different industries. And I think that's part of my, my development as a person with a disability. Now, there's, there's, there's varying degrees as to how much you want to go into that because it might not, you might not require it as a person or you might not require it in your job. I do it because it's part of my job, but also I find it empowering as a person. So take as mu- much or as little of it as you want. But I just think being involved in those communities, I think, is um, is, is very interesting and, and, like I said, empowering for me. I think that's really useful advice. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan. It's been really nice talking to you today. Oh, thanks for having me. Um, and thank, thank you very much for listening to everybody. Um, as you know, I'm Essie from Celebrating Disability. Um, we're going to be releasing a podcast a month um, under the hashtag part of me. So you can search for us on Twitter or have a look for us on our website or social media. Um, and if anyone wants to take part, if they want to know anything specifically about either supporting disabled people in the workplace or if um, you yourself are a disabled person who is looking for some advice about how to get some support in the workplace, please do get in touch and we will add the questions to our next interviewee. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.